This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today is Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. Chaos inside of the house as Kevin McCarthy fails to secure votes needed to become speaker. Twitter files reveal Adam Schiff demanded journalists be censored and Ron DeSavage is sworn in as governor for a second term. My name is Benny Johnson and this is The Benny Show. We are in Tallahassee right now, hence the DeSantis sign over my shoulder, hence the Florida state gear all around this apartment that I am in right now. We were at Ron DeSantis' inauguration. We were reporting from it. We have a lot of exclusive interviews to bring you, some exclusive behind-the-scenes content. Very excited and honored to be invited to the governor's inauguration and the governor's ball last night. So that's why we're not in studio today. All last night and all yesterday, we were at inauguration events. DeSantis sort of put the roadmap down, the post-Trump roadmap. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, you guys know my stance on DeSantis and on Trump. I like them both a lot. I think that there will be a big fight, and I think that will be healthy for the party. What I'm saying is that Ron DeSantis is showing essentially how to cobble how to create victories, strength of fundraising, strength of personality, strength of culture war instinct, where to jump, where to strike, where to kill uh, inside of the state of Florida and what issues to go after in sort of a post-Trump world, right? So Donald Trump not then in office for two years, Ron DeSantis sort of roadmapping here in Florida how to create a Republican coalition, how to create supermajorities here in the state of Florida, which he has. And I got some previews for the legislative session and what's going to go on here in the state of Florida. It's going to be bananas. I have all of those updates for you later on in the show, along with behind the scenes of what we saw yesterday for the governor inauguration some very exciting stuff but speaking of bananas b-a-n-a-n-a-s this ish is bananas happening inside of the house right now ladies and gentlemen a mutiny a mutiny for kevin mccarthy the house has adjourned after three failed votes for kevin mccarthy three failed votes and actually kevin mccarthy lost more votes, every single vote. It should have gotten better for Kevin. This is the first time in 100 years that the House Speaker has not been voted in by consensus on the first ballot. You need 218 votes to become the Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House is in charge of Congress. The House is the most Republican, meaning the House is the most direct election by the people, and therefore the Speaker of the House is a more powerful position. Also, the House is where all spending originates in our government. The Speaker of the House is the most powerful position. That is why the Speaker of the House is in the uh, power, uh, in the secession of power from the presidency. There it is. The secession of power goes vice president, then Speaker of the House. This is a hugely important position. And Kevin McCarthy was denied this position for the second time in his career. He wanted this position uh, back in 2014, and he was denied it because of uh, allegations of uh, uh, an affair rumor back in the day. So Kevin McCarthy denied. Paul Ryan then got the speaker's gavel, and now he was denied again. They're going to be voting here. uh, And we'll see if there's any breaking updates. We'll give them to you in the show, but let's give you the updates right now. 
So the House is adjourned with no speaker after Kevin McCarthy lost three ballots. GOP's first day with majority ends in farce with 20 rebels backing Jim Jordan instead of their leader. I have been against Kevin McCarthy. I've been very open about my thoughts on Kevin McCarthy. I am totally and completely against Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is a Democrat. Stop calling him a Republican, okay? Mitch McConnell is the Uniparty. Mitch McConnell is currently campaigning with Joe Biden. Did you know this? Mitch McConnell is campaigning with Joe Biden in Kentucky. Mitch McConnell is a Democrat. Mitch McConnell is going out trying to keep Joe Biden as president. This guy is scum and he's totally compromised by China and Mitch McConnell needs to go. Now, I think Kevin McCarthy has some bright spots. I think there are some some good things about him and there are some interesting things about him. And so I am very split here. Let's go through what actually happened. So what happened was Kevin McCarthy needs 218 votes. He did not get them. He has a paper razor thin majority, five votes in the House. And so he needs to win essentially every single Republican. He can account for four people. Four people can potentially uh, jump away from the vote and vote against him. Now, Nancy Pelosi had a very, very slim majority. Remember when AOC was going to challenge Nancy Pelosi, but it didn't happen because Democrats are hive mind animals. Democrats are herd animals, sheep that just go. Yeah, you think AOC is actually a free thinker? Nope, not when Nancy Pelosi gets to the gavel. So here's my take on this. My take is the Lord did not appoint Kevin McCarthy. God didn't come down from the heavens and like send a beam of light to say, Kevin McCarthy, you shall be speaker. That's not the way it works. A fight is good. A fight is good. And if the fight reveals cracks inside of people's allegiances, Kevin McCarthy has spent his entire life in Washington, D.C. Kevin McCarthy has been in Congress for 20 odd years. Kevin McCarthy's wanted this position forever. It's good to have challenges. It's good to have the voice of the people. And it's good to make sure that institutional and elitist Washington, D.C. gets gut checked every once in a while into a wall. Now, is this this good for the entire Republican movement? Is this good for our party? Well, let's have a listen to what Lauren Boebert, who is the person who is advocating against Kevin McCarthy, had to say after meeting with Kevin McCarthy. Have a listen. If you go to the American people and ask them if Congress is doing a good job, if they like the way things are run in Washington, D.C., you're probably going to get a big hell no. We want to change the way things are done here. We didn't offer up a personal wish list. We were told to provide lists of what members need to be seated on what committees. And we did exactly that. And then there were Amazing items that were listed as well for our border security, for term limits. Just bring the bill to the floor so we can have a vote on term limits. That's what the majority of Americans want to see in Congress. We uh, we said that any amendment that reduces the national debt needs to be made in order. This is not a personal wish list. This is not something that is unreasonable. This is just for the American people. This is fair for the American people. And so now here we are being sworn at instead of being sworn in. Sworn at instead of being sworn in, man. What a great line from Lauren Boebert. Now, I can tell you I know Lauren Boebert Boebert really well. I love Lauren Boebert. I campaigned with Lauren Boebert. I went to Colorado to her district. We did uh, small documentaries on her district. I spoke with her in Colorado at the Western Conservative Summit. Big fan of Lauren Boebert. I'm sure you are, too. Lauren Boebert doesn't have any haters on the right. People love her. Am I wrong? Give me some love for Lauren Boebert in the comment section, along with telling me if you agree with her fight against McCarthy. Now, here's why Lauren Boebert is fighting McCarthy. How do I know this? Well, 
because I'm very close with her. Lauren Boebert is fighting McCarthy because Kevin McCarthy, even though Lauren Boebert is the only Republican congressman, congresswoman from Colorado. Colorado has gone dark blue because of the social contagion from California and California being a next net exporter of Marxism and communists and weed smoking pothead scumbags and homeless people who sit around all like and just make Denver a filthy city and are just wrecking one of the most beautiful states in America, Colorado, but it's a totally different thing. Lauren Boebert comes from an incredible, from a red district. Kevin McCarthy didn't lift a effing finger to help her out. Lauren Boebert is a champion for the people. People love Lauren Boebert. Kevin McCarthy didn't help her out at all. Didn't spend a single dime. You know, Kevin McCarthy had $120 million to spend. That means you could have dropped a million dollars on every single race around the country to get Republicans elected. I mean, the math doesn't exactly work out, but you could have gone to like the biggest races and Lauren was certainly one of them and dumped a million bucks in there to help her out. And that would have helped her out. Lauren went on to win, but only by like a thousand votes. So, yeah, she is rightfully pissed. And Kevin McCarthy chose not to support her, even though she's the only Republican representing Colorado in the Congress. So, yeah, she has a rightful axe to grind. And so does Matt Gates. Matt Gates, of course, is the bassist. I'm in Matt Gates's district right now, but I'm currently right now, again, in Tallahassee. I think that Matt, Matt Gates represents the panhandle. Either way, I'm very close to Matt Gates's district up here in the panhandle of Florida. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. How was 2022 on your finances? Probably not great. And it's not your fault. Our government is spending way too much money and giving that money to the dumbest people. They passed a $1.7 trillion omnibus package on Christmas Eve just to spite you, to insult you, and to tell you that they don't care about you. So maybe this is the year that you should start caring about your savings and securing your financial goals. When you've finally had enough of the games that the government is playing with your savings and retirements, you should diversify into gold, birch gold. I'm tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by our leaders in Washington For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can get in now. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account today. Birch Gold makes it so easy to convert your IRA or 401k into precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word Benny to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals, Birch Gold can help you. Text Benny to 989898. 989898 today and go gold in the new year 2023. Matt Gates from the Panhandle of Florida, lots of swamps around here, had this to say about the swamps and the alligators running them. Another great line from yesterday. Take it away, Matt. Those of us who will not be voting for Kevin McCarthy today take no joy in this discomfort that this moment has brought. But if you want to drain the swamp, you cannot put the biggest alligator in charge of the exercise. I'm a Florida man and I know of what I speak. We offered Kevin McCarthy terms last evening that he rejected. We sought a vote in the first quarter of the 118th Congress on term limits. He refused. We wanted a budget from the Republican Study Committee that balances on the floor in the first quarter. He refused. We wanted the border plan that the Texas delegation put together on the floor. He refused. And it is true that we struggle with trust with Mr. McCarthy. Because time and again, his viewpoints, his positions, they shift like sands underneath you. Even Kevin McCarthy's own mentor recently said that the lies always change. And Mr. McCarthy is not only responsive to pressure from the right. 
Time and again, he has failed to achieve the goals that we seek on spending and on the fight. So you have a major issue here with Matt Gates being one of the champions of the people. Matt Gates again, can draw a crowd. You can always tell where the energy is. Matt Gates can travel around the country and people will show up in the hundreds or the thousands. People love Matt Gates and Matt Gates is saying the reason he's not supporting Kevin McCarthy is because Kevin McCarthy shifts like sand under his feet. He is an alligator inside of the swamp. The Florida man knows for once he speaks a lot of beaches, a lot of alligators in Matt Gates' district. And Matt Gates is saying we're no, we're done with swamp creatures here. The American people sent us here in order to provide new leadership, in order to drain the swamp. How do we drain the swamp when we bring in someone who Frank Luntz is his roommate in Washington, D.C., one of the most corrupt, dumbest pollsters in America? How do we bring in someone to run the Republican Party who's from California? Now, this is a point that Rich Barris makes, and let me know if you agree with it. So Rich Barris makes the point, one of our favorite pollsters, that Kevin McCarthy is from California. That's not a red state. This doesn't represent conservative values. California is as far as you can get from conservative values. Why isn't the Speaker of the House from Ohio or from Iowa or from Texas or from Florida? There's a lot of dark red states, Alabama, Arkansas. Where are they? My girl, Sarah Sanders, getting uh, her inauguration is next week in Arkansas. Where are the real conservative areas represented here? In the House. Why is California leading? You know, California is where Nancy Pelosi is from. So we're just switching. The gavel is essentially just traveling down the state of California a little bit. That doesn't make any sense. Do you agree with that point? It's something that Rich Barris makes. I think there's a lot of weight to it. Kevin McCarthy essentially saying that, you know, Matt Gates making the point that Kevin McCarthy is institutionally corrupted. He spent too much time in Washington, D.C., and he cannot be trusted. The American people wanted change. And most importantly, the American people want a balanced government. That's why Republicans were put in charge. Republicans were put in charge because the American people are sick. They've had a belly full of Democrat leadership. They've had a belly full of Democrats being able to run wild with insane excessive spending and absolutely asinine policies like created by predators and total derelicts and degenerates inside of our government, like Sam Brinton stealing women's luggage. I hope you made it through the holidays without having your bag stolen by Sam Brinton. So Matt Gates uh, is essentially, you know, is essentially being called a terrorist for doing this. Matt Gates, uh, uh, you know, said, said, you know, brought up Benghazi. We called this Gates Ghazi. I'm calling this Gates Ghazi. Here's Matt Gates bringing up Benghazi in talking about what he's doing inside of Congress right now. Well, we were threatened by my committee uh, chairman to be on the Armed Services Committee, Mr. Rogers, that if we did not vote for Mr. McCarthy, we would be removed from committees. Our position is that if Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House and we don't have an ability to ensure that there is uh, oomph behind the agenda and energy behind our oversight that the committee assignments don't mean that much anyway. I'm not here to participate in some puppet show where we pass a bunch of messaging bills, send them to the Senate, watch them die, fail to use leverage, and don't hold the Biden administration accountable. I don't want to relive the Benghazi experience where it's just theater We're pretending gonna... to be oversight, right. right? We can do better than that. And, and that's our so, purpose today. So so that's why I call it Gates Ghazi. Matt Gates is the one who brought up Benghazi. The reason why he brought that up is that known uh, 
flaccid Linguini spiners like Jason Chaffetz or Trey Gowdy, these people who talk so big, they bang their chest. I'm going to create oversight. Remember, Jason Chaffetz said, I'm going to hold you accountable to Hillary Clinton on Inauguration Day for Donald Trump. Nothing ever happens. Nothing ever happens. No one's ever held accountable. These people get away with literal murder in the case of Hillary Clinton, right? And so Sam Bankman fried you better watch your ass in prison. These people are evil. And they never get held accountable. And so Matt Gates is saying people are done with that. And that's why they elected a Republican Congress. There are people who could hold these people accountable. One of them is Jim Jordan. I love Jim Jordan. I'm a big fan of Jim Jordan. And Matt Gates nominated Jim Jordan to be Speaker of the House. So you ask, what does Matt Gates want? Well, this this is here he is in his own words saying he wants Jim Jordan as Speaker. Um, a lot of people like Jim Jordan. A lot. Here's Matt nominating Jim. The challenge is the alternative has been someone voting for the very bills that have caused these problems. Mr. Jordan says that we cannot accept legislation like the omnibus, and I fully agree. And if Jim Jordan were Speaker of the House, if he were the leader of the Republican team, we wouldn't have that circumstance choking the economy of our country, increasing inflation, and diminishing the prospects of a better life for our fellow Americans. And finally, Mr. Jordan said we must engage in rigorous oversight. Every one of my Republican colleagues knows that the person who can lead that oversight effort, who works on it every day, who has the skill and the talent and the will is Jim Jordan. I'm nominating him and I'm voting for him. Boom. So Matt Gates is nominating Jim Jordan. Of course, you all know Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan is the firebrand from Ohio. Jim Jordan, one of the hardest, staunchest defenders of Donald Trump, one of the greatest interrogators in Congress. He is in charge of the Judiciary Committee. He was the ranking member on the Judiciary Committee. Now he will be in charge of it, right? Presumably. So what Jim Jordan has tweeted this morning is that he wants to stay in charge of the Judiciary Committee. He wants to be able to interrogate and drop the heat on the Biden regime. And a lot of people are in favor of that. Matt Gates is saying that needs to be the energy we bring from a leadership position as Speaker of the House. Now, what do you think? Do you think Jim Jordan should be Speaker of the House? Or would he be more effective as the Judiciary Chairman? You've heard him in all the... I mean, Every viral clip that comes out of Dr. Fauci being BTFO'd or some member of DHS getting BTFO'd or Candace Owens dropping a bomb. Man, these are always Jim Jordan clips. This guy is so good. He's so good. Jim Jordan has a background as a national championship, collegiate national championship wrestler for Ohio State. Jim Jordan is a champion. He is a brawler. He is a fighter. I think Jim Jordan would make an incredible speaker, to be quite honest with you. I'm, I don't know if it's in the cards. We shall see. Chip Roy from Texas, one of our favorite members of Congress from Texas. Shout out if you're from Texas right now watching. Stand proud. Chip Roy is representing you and saying that the people of Texas are sick of the uniparty in Washington, D.C. They send Republicans there to get change and balance and oversight and nothing ever happens. Chip Roy roasting the uniparty like a hot Texas brisket. Watch. We've got Congressman Chip Roy, uh, who is just joining us. Congressman, thank you for joining us. Um, you have been one of the people who's leading this charge against Kevin McCarthy for the speakership. You had voted for Byron Donalds. Where, where does this process stand? And in your mind, because you have said that you potentially remain open to voting for McCarthy, where is this process headed? 
Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Uh, and first of all, I wouldn't say I've been leading the charge against McCarthy. I've been leading the charge for my constituents who are tired of the swamp, continuing to do what the swamp does. And we saw it on full display with the $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. Now, my friend Jim Jordan, who just nominated Kevin McCarthy, who I, who I also consider a friend, uh, said that, hey, we need to put the people in place to stop bills like that. But that's the problem. Everybody's out there saying, oh, we got everything we wanted. We got rules changes. Let me tell you something. We have no way to enforce those rules changes. The speaker elect has a history of voting with Democrats and voting with the minority against the majority Republicans over the last decade. He's been speaker or in the leadership of Republicans since 2009. During that time, the debt has gone from 11 trillion to 32 trillion. In other words, we want to be able to have a check against the swamp. Yep. And they are holding Kevin McCarthy's own record against him. Kevin McCarthy has voted with Democrats. Kevin McCarthy has overseen the largest federal disaster with spending and with inflation and with American debt. Kevin McCarthy has not been a fighter. Again, I am not exactly anti-Kevin, and I'm certainly not pro-Kevin. I am sort of interested in this battle. And more importantly, I'm interested in not having people from California leading my movement as somebody who is, again, I'm, I'm just at the DeSantis. I was just at the DeSantis inauguration. Here we go. That side, the DeSantis inauguration. It's wonderful to have people leading here in the state of Florida. The Flor- Florida is so red. I mean, Florida is so red. It's like the red planet. Florida might as well be on Mars right now. We are a red planet. We're red kingdom down here. Super majorities, House, Senate, the governor, everyone down the list that we kicked Nikki Freed out. She was the only other Democrat that held state office. Democrats won't win here into eternity because there is a playbook here. And it's good to have people represent our party that are from dark red areas. Kevin McCarthy is not from a dark red area. And more importantly, Kevin McCarthy has been utterly sold, has sold himself like, like shares, like shares of a stock again and again and again and again to so many different special interest groups that what you get is oatmeal. You get oatmeal. You get blah. I have a picky. I have a, a child who is two years old and she's pretty picky with what she eats. And so what we make her for breakfast is oatmeal. We make her blah. It's just nothing. It's just nothing. She likes to eat that. And that's what Kevin McCarthy is, a cold bowl of oatmeal. And so that's why when Kevin McCarthy rolls out in 2022, you can directly blame Kevin McCarthy for us barely winning the House because Kevin McCarthy rolled out some agenda for America, some plan for America. Did you ever hear about it? Let me ask you a question, honest question between me and you. Did you ever hear about Kevin McCarthy's plan to restore America that the GOP worked on and paid consultants hundreds of millions of dollars to craft and come up with? No, of course you didn't. It's garbage. They brought out fossils like Newt Gingrich to sell it. They had nothing. They have no vibe. They have no swagger. They have no energy. They have no charisma. They're just blah. And that's what happens when you sell yourself to Google and when you sell yourself to Amazon, when you sell yourself to big tech and every other defense consulting firm, when shares of you have been sold like a hedge fund all around Washington, D.C., and you are indebted, you be you turn into oatmeal. You show up in Washington, D.C. as a prime piece of Wagyu steak and you get ground into ground beef. You are worthless and you're being sold for 98 cents a pound by the end of it. And that's what happens to people like Mitch McConnell and that's what happened to Kevin McCarthy. And that's why people are against Kevin McCarthy, including some of the most energetic and insightful, very interesting members of Congress like Byron Donalds here from Florida. Byron Donalds has a bright future ahead of him. He has a very safe district here in Florida. He is a real people's champion. He has a great path ahead of him and a huge career ahead of him. Byron Donalds flipped on Kevin McCarthy on the third ballot and explained why here. Watch. 
Well, I haven't asked Kevin for anything. You know, I like I said, I voted for him on the first two ballots. But at the end of the day, you got to close the deal. I mean, there's this, this is nothing new. There's been disagreements about could he get to 218 votes on the floor for two months now. And so the biggest issue is if you can't close this deal, at what point do members start looking elsewhere? Because we do have to organize Congress. We do have to elect a Speaker of the House. But you have to have 218 votes. It's not just about having a majority of the Republican conference. It's having a majority of the committee of the whole, which is the full body. So you have to get there. And so I think right now he's not there. So you have to start looking at alternatives. Crazy stuff is going on inside of our Congress. Crazy stuff. Matt Gates and AOC and Paul Gosar were talking and scheming together. What's going on here? Watch this clip. Okay, so what was going on there? Are they planning on doing a, are they planning on doing some uh, crazy procedural nonsense here? What could potentially happen? This is this is some wild stuff. We looked into parliamentary procedure. What could potentially happen is that Democrats could leave the floor. So if forty Democrats leave the floor, then it lowers the threshold to the number of people that you need for a quorum to elect a speaker, and then Kevin McCarthy could become speaker. That is what they were discussing right there. And also, uh, according to AOC, AOC tweeted about that interaction. Uh, AOC said that what she was talking with Paul Gosar about is that Nancy Pelosi had too much power and that the House Speaker's position has too much power over the entire chamber of the House. And so we need to rethink the House Speaker position and who holds it. So I think those are very positive conversations to have. I also think that God didn't ordain Kevin McCarthy and that you have to fight for what you're going to get and that politics is a blood sport and politics is pain and that politics is war. Politics is a war zone. And so you better be able to fight. And if Kevin McCarthy can't hold together his slim majority right now, how the hell is he ever going to fight the Biden administration? If he can't even fight his own caucus, how the hell is he going to be able to fight the Biden administration? And oversight into our leadership is good in our party. Do you like being led by Mitch McConnell? Do you like being led by Ronna McDaniel, by Romney McDaniel? Sorry, correction there. Her name's Romney McDaniel. Do you like the fact that the Romneys and the McCains and the McConnells have sold you out to the highest bidder, which is always China for their entire lives. They have strip mined this country and strip mined this party in the name of being a conservative and a Republican. Wrong. I am sick of these people. And it's because we don't fight and because we don't question their leadership and we go along like chattel to the slaughter. Now, speaking of slaughter, Newt Gingrich was on last night on Fox saying that these people who are questioning Republican leadership and Republican leading authority and agenda are terrorists. Such a such an insult. He should have never done this. I like Newt Gingrich. He should have never said this. Watch. I think the rest of the conference understands this is a core decision. <clears throat> do the 202 win or do the 20 win? And in a free society, you cannot, just as you can't give in to terrorists and you can't give in to hostage takers, you can't allow them to take the conference hostage and win. I hope that in a conference tomorrow morning, when people have had a good night's sleep, have a chance to talk, I hope they can find some key policy, not not patronage, a key policy position that will bring back enough of the members to get this over with on the first ballot tomorrow. So Kevin McCarthy and Newt Gingrich are good friends. They went on a tour together. Not that you heard anything about it. 
the say the 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 restoring America tour, whatever the hell they call it, whatever multi-million dollar consulting firm think tank come up with some little stupid name that nobody heard anything about and an absolute flop kevin mccarthy is oatmeal he is the ground beef of politics you show up as prime rib and you get ground down to nothing when you spend too much time in washington dc now newt gingrich knows of what he speaks newt gingrich was a very effective speaker of the house in the 90s so newt gingrich is sitting there saying we uh, got to get this done and aligning behind kevin mccarthy Again, let me know in the comment section what you think. Do you think Newt is right here? What do you think about Donald Trump? Donald Trump, friends with Newt Gingrich, and they're also friends with Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy, a regular at Mar-a-Lago, very close to Trump, so to speak. You did, there's lots of friendly photos of them together. And after Trump's, you know, McCarthy's been a general, uh, generally Trump positive uh, in, in, in the post-Trump world, uh, meaning after he left the White House. So what has Donald Trump said? Well, Donald Trump began yesterday to walk back his endorsement of the McCarthy. Crazy stuff. So Donald Trump was asked in an interview last night after Kevin McCarthy failed three times in three different speaker votes. I mean, it's just utterly humiliating. Losing more and more votes each time. Donald Trump said, ah, maybe McCarthy isn't the right guy. Now, Trump coming, somebody, somebody obviously absolutely rang Trump's ear off over that. And Donald Trump dropped the big all caps screaming Kevin McCarthy endorsement this morning. Here's what Donald Trump had to say. Take the victory and run. Trump tells House GOP to vote for McCarthy for speaker. Donald Trump essentially uh, said, uh, said this in his truth, in his truth social uh, uh, post take the victory and run all caps for Kevin Donald Trump saying great Republican House members he wants it's time for all of our great Republican House members to vote for Kevin close the deal take the victory and one watch crazy Nancy Pelosi fly back home to a very broken California uh, a little tough there Trump because Kevin McCarthy's from broken California as well but whatever just some problems in syntax there the only speaker in U.S. history to have lost the House twice Republicans do not turn a great triumph into an embarrassing defeat. It's time to celebrate. You deserve it. Kevin McCarthy will do a good job and maybe even a great job. Just watch. That's what Donald Trump has to say. Do you agree? Well, somebody else is delivering a letter of truth today, which is actually shocking. Matt Gates is writing the architect of the Capitol architect of the Capitol oversees where people get offices and, you know, like, who occupies what offices? There is a historic speaker's office inside of the House where the Speaker of the House has always resided right in sort of the center of the Capitol. It's a very dope office, has a balcony that overlooks D.C. Kevin McCarthy moved in there without being elected speaker. And so Matt Gates sent this letter saying, why the hell was Kevin McCarthy allowed to move into the speaker's office even though he's not speaker? What an alpha move by Matt Gates, I write to inform the Speaker of the House located in the U.S. Capitol building is currently occupied by Kevin McCarthy. How long will he remain there before he is considered a squatter? So Matt Gates just straight up trolling Kevin McCarthy and the most clear eyed, I think, take on all of this comes from David Hensar Lee inside of the Federalist writing today. And I thought this was a very, very compelling argument. I'll read you some small sections of it today. But what he writes here is relax. The GOP fight over the House Speaker doesn't matter. 
Well, that's an interesting take. Why doesn't it matter? Kevin McCarthy failed to secure the 218 votes to become Speaker of the House. First time in a century, the vote has gone to multiple ballots, he writes. Now the fight spills over into a second chaotic day. Notice ABC News. There's a lot of excitement in Washington. Of course, somewhere in the vicinity of zero voters will change their worldview and political affiliation because the GOP is taking a few extra days to grind out their leadership vote. Nor is anything particularly dysfunctional about disagreeing with the question. McCarthy isn't an admiral or preordained by the Lord as Speaker. This isn't mutiny. It's just a vote. Indeed, a battle over leadership shows that we are more democratic and dynamic than the typical lockstepping on the left. In most other democratic nations, this kind of parliamentary fight would be considered tame. Have you seen what they do in England to their prime ministers? They swap prime ministers like every day. In England, they have something called prime minister questions where the prime minister essentially gets dragged to the floor of the House chamber, the House of Commons chamber, and gets beaten and bludgeoned again and again and again about the head. This is tame compared to the way that like most other countries observe their politics. Have you ever seen like Slovakia, Slovenia, or like, like African parliaments? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. These people, like, these people, like, it, it winds up in brawls. You see Middle Eastern nation parliamentary proceedings? Like, people are, like, throwing stuff. People are grabbing things and chucking stuff. Then you grab it, throw it, and they're throwing something at it. And they're like, ah, chairs are flying. You ever seen that? This is tame compared to that. So quit clutching your pearls. The writer goes on to say that the, the idea that like Kevin McCarthy is here to save the country is endlessly insufferable. If you want to venerate meddling House members, become a Democrat and throw your hosannas at Nancy Pelosi. Republicans need competency more than anything else these days. American people voted to, for split government power. Again, the governing mandate for the House Republicans is to check the executive branch. With a slim House majority and the Senate and the presidency in the hands of Democrats, the only requisite skill as a speaker is the ability to corral the party's factions and to stop opposition. If you're unable to gain the consensus during the partisan vote for leadership, how will you do it during your term? Such a great point. Would Jim Jordan be able to create consensus? Yes. I think that Jim Jordan would win the speakership if he were to throw his hat in. Jim Jordan has uh, refused to do so as of now. So uh, you can't accommodate a small group that essentially has you hostage. That's what's going on here, says McCarthy booster Don Bacon. Don Bacon called these people terrorists and Terrorists don't like bacon. So here we go. What's going on? McCarthy can go back to his plain old being plain old congressman or the head of a lobbying job. The country would remain exactly as he found it. McCarthy is certainly as good as anyone else in Congress. There's nothing special about Kevin McCarthy. But also, is he really the best fit for speaker? That said, what's the point? Not much that I can see. Gates and Lauren Boebert have no competing legislative agenda offer, much less any coherent uh, philosophy positions. McCarthy has gone out of his way to placate uh, uh, the party. Why any sane person would want this job dealing with Paul Gosar or Marjorie Taylor Greene is beyond my comprehension. <laughs> I think he's wrong there. I think the author is wrong there because Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert, I think, have made some really good requests to have Freedom Caucus members and to have checks and balances on essentially the power of the speaker and the power of uh, printing money and making sure that this country goes into debt into eternity. 
Uh, I think that actually Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert have some very good requests of the speaker, and I think that he should accommodate them. Among the 20 holding up the coronation probably have some personal gripes against McCarthy. They do, which is a completely legitimate reason to oppose electing him. Okay, that's good. Others and are intent on fighting the establishment for its own sake, which is a vacuous and nonsensical position. Someone is going to be in charge. McCarthy isn't Fred Upton, and you're not constantly opposing the person because you can't do everything that you want. You'll get nothing. Though this seems to be the state in which many Republicans seem quite content. It's true that the two-party system creates stability by building far left and right consensuses before elections, but this particular fight, uh, though largely census, over the future of the management is not some big ideological schism. It's healthy. So while I disagree with some of the contentions here in this article from The Federalist, I do generally agree with the take from this writer that this is a good thing and that Kevin McCarthy doesn't deserve this position. He's not ordained to this position. And that what needs to happen is that Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert today, because they're going to go back to voting, I think quite soon here, uh, maybe they're voting right now. But if there is a vote, if there is updates on this, we will let you know live here. They need to create essentially the reason why they're doing this and explain to the American people what they're doing and explain what they want out of it and what, you know, what would, what would essentially be the oversight that they are looking for here. Would Jim Jordan provide it? Well, I can tell you exactly what Jim Jordan would do if Jim Jordan were elected speaker. And do you agree that Jim Jordan would make a better speaker than Kevin McCarthy? Do you want to see Jim Jordan not on the Judiciary Committee where he would be able to have subpoena power and oversight over the Biden administration? I guess as speaker, he could still do that. But as speaker, he's not going to go in and question the Biden administration hacks. Or would he? I don't know. That'd be pretty based. But I can tell you this. Jim Jordan would kick Adam Schiff off every single committee for being a giant watermelon head liar. Adam Schiff lobbied Twitter to ban journalists over QAnon conspiracy theories. Yikes. Here's more Twitter leaks. Now, this isn't the big Twitter Fauci files drop that we have been teasing for you. This is, though, a Twitter files drop, and it's insane. So here we go. On November 2020, California Congressman Matt Schiff reached out to Twitter to ask them to specifically ban journalist Paul Sperry. Schiff asked that Sperry, who is an investigative reporter for Real Clear Investigation, had repeatedly promoted false QAnon conspiracy theories and harassed, name redacted. Matt Taibbi shared the ask that Schiff's office sent to Twitter as part of the latest Twitter files drop as harassment and QAnon conspiracy theories. The request read, remove any and all content about Mr. Misko. Rep. Sean Misco of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence and other committee staff from his service and include quotes, retweets, and reactions to that content. So here is essentially Adam Schiff running Twitter, demanding that journalists be censored. This is insane. I mean, this is, I mean, it's, it's not insane. This is absolutely perfectly plausible because what we figured out in all these, in all of these, in all of these drops is that what is happening inside of the Republican Party right now is the healthiest thing that could possibly happen. I mean that. We need to question our leadership. This this Adam Schiff, what we've learned from these Twitter drops, this uniparty consensus that absolutely violates and desecrates, desecrates, like necrophilia-level desecration of our founding documents and the constitution of which they swear in to uphold. So yesterday at the inauguration, Ron DeSantis, I will swear to uphold the constitution. Every person in Ron DeSantis's office, I will swear to uphold the constitution. They swear there on a Bible, their solemn oath to uphold this constitution. Every one of these people did this. They swore to uphold the first amendment, which is the right to free speech. 
and the freedom of the press. And here's Adam Schiff violating that. That's what happens when you don't have questions of your leadership. I actually do not believe that most of my friends on the left agree with this. I don't believe that most, I don't believe that most Democrats want no free speech and no freedom of the press anymore when put to it like that. But their leaders get essentially elected by herd animals day and night, bleeding sheep that just mule about and push for whatever the establishment in their party demands. There is never any question on leadership inside of the Democrat party. So then what happens with absolute power, and this is an old George Washington quote, I think, absolute power corrupts absolutely. So you have now Adam Schiff demanding that we violate the First Amendment rights. And you know what? They got rid of Paul Sperry. This is what ended up happening. They got rid of Paul Sperry. So you can see here an uh, Elon Schiff tweet about this issue. Uh, go ahead and check it out. This is what Elon Musk had to say about said issue. Hey, Adam Schiff, uh, what exactly is this? Why are you asking to de-amplify journalists? In response to the revelation, Elon Musk replied, hey, Adam Schiff, what's up? What's this? Schiff has repeatedly stoked fears of QAnon conspiracies to push the agenda, saying that in November 2022, if Kevin McCarthy would be elected Speaker of the House, he would be beholden to the QAnon caucus. In October 2020, he tweeted out that QAnon is crazy, dangerous, French conspiracy theory. doesn't matter. All these people do is they create, they manufacture a crisis in order to gain more power. That's all it is. It's just manufact. It's just crisis power, crisis power, crisis power. Okay. Give me the next Patriot Act. Give me the next Patriot Act. What crisis can we manufacture for the next huge power grab by our federal government? And Adam Schiff is absolutely the greatest at this. He is the, he's a known liar. He is the greatest liar. And honestly, I mean, I, I got to tell you, you know, you go to, you go to places like his district, you can see, you can, you can see demonic forces at work. You just see it. I, I, I'm not trying to jump into the overtly spiritual here, but when you see human beings like in Adam Schiff's district wandering around naked, like bent over, crushed, you're watching demonic activity in this world. And when Jesus calls Satan the author of lies, and when you see people like Adam Schiff consistently claim that he's seen evidence of Donald Trump colluding with Russia, consistently claim that he's seen evidence to send Donald Trump to prison, you know that this man is on the side of the demons. He is such a liar. The lying is his native tongue. That's what the Gospels say. That the native tongue of a Satanist is lying. And they cannot accommodate truth. And so, yo, I don't know. I, like, I, like, I'm just going to judge people by their actions here. But Adam Schiff is the, the most desecrated liar inside of our Congress. He is a what, husk, a husk of a man. He's utterly beholden to the dark forces uh, around the globe. He is a globalist. He is totally, I think he has a family connection to George Soros, actually. The well, the well goes deep there, baby. The well goes deep. And so Adam Schiff is the worst. And here he is asking to get journalists banned, demanding to get journalists banned. Demanding. Sperry was later suspended from Twitter in August 22 after making Remarks about the FBI raids of Mark Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Of course, investigators have reportedly met in June with Trump and his lawyers at Mar-a-Lago uh, to survey docs and personal whatever. And he like tweeted that this is like a this is like a totally germane tweet about the Spygate scandal. CNN is admonishing reporters not to call the FBI in the raid of Trump's home, but instead 
Uh, it's termed it as judge-approved research. This is going to be Streisand syndrome. Paul Sperry is now back on Twitter. His account was reinstated an hour after the drop. Good for Elon Musk. Staying based. Speaking of based and the based state that I live in. The DeSantis inauguration was yesterday. We are broadcasting from Tallahassee. So as the insanity was happening, as like the house was melting down, I am standing there with very bad Wi-Fi as Ron DeSantis is being inaugurated here in the state. And it's like, thank God for our team here at Team Benny to keep everyone posted and keep the information flowing as this is going. And for us to like get ready to do the show this morning, just just huge shout out to the team here because yesterday I was a massive amount of the day I was without Wi-Fi. At those events, you just cannot use your phone. And so what happened at the DeSantis inauguration? We walked in, giant banners behind DeSantis saying, the free state of Florida. You can see here an image of DeSantis' inauguration. Ron DeSantis is is what? Like, well, there's Ron DeSantis. That's like a photo of me, my wife. And Ron, you can see Ron DeSantis sort of back there. You got DeSantis there. It was very cool. We, we, you know, we watched the speech. And here's my takeaways. My takeaways from the speech. This is how it's done. Okay? This is how it's done. You guys know my take on DeSantis and my take on Trump. Let them fight. All right? If you're going to have an old lion and you're going to have a young lion that wants to challenge the old lion, this is the laws of the jungle. It's positive. It's the way God made it. Let them fight and let the strongest one win. What I'm telling you about yesterday is that DeSantis is strong, baby. DeSantis has strength. He was sworn in alongside his right-wing cabinet. He's been able to flip the House Speaker. Speaking of House Speakers that were completely cucked and that did not deserve power, we had a very, very middle-of-the-road, very limp-wristed House Speaker here in Florida, and DeSantis just dispatched of him, right, and got now a very a, a new based House Speaker here in Florida, supermajorities in the House and the Senate, sworn in his uh, entire slate of electors, and Ron DeSantis just doesn't miss down here. He was sworn in with this giant a giant saying, essentially, uh, on the side of him in these giant banners that said uh, the free state of Florida. That's the mantra. Governor Ron DeSantis on Tuesday praised the Sunshine State as a land of liberty and the land of sanity while slamming the floundering federal government establishment in Washington, D.C., the Biden administration. The speech was, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't have any particular, I don't have any particular, um, I don't have any particular information on this, right? No one's come to me inside of the DeSantis crew and been like, he's running for president. Nobody's done that, okay? I don't have any particular information to break. But what he get, the speech he gave yesterday was a speech of higher aspiration, okay? He talked about the federal government. This is not a normal governor's speech, all right? Normal governor's speech is like, and also I-95, we're going to repave it. And also, we're going to make sure that our children get educated. Like, he talked DeSantis talked about like broad taking Florida and expanding it nationally. If you could say that DeSantis' speech yesterday was almost like his like soft presidential announcement. That was the way that's the way that I sort of looked at it because he's talking about the jet setting Davos elite. Who talks about that and their governors in their state inauguration? What? No, man. This is like, these are national talking points. So here's DeSantis saying the jet setting Davos elite ain't going to have a foothold in Florida. Watch. Now, fighting for freedom is not always easy because the threats to freedom are more complex and more widespread than they have been in the past. The threats can come from entrenched bureaucrats in D.C., jet setters in Davos, and corporations wielding public power. But fight we must. 
We embrace our founding creed that our rights are not granted by the courtesy of the state, but are endowed by the hand of the almighty. Okay, wait, what? All right, look, I'm just going to call it. I'm just going to call him out. You don't you don't talk about the jet-setting Davos elite when you're being elected as governor for the second time inside of a southern state. OK, those are national talking points. And he had many national talking points. But Ron DeSantis has chosen very, very smartly to engage in the culture war battles where a lot of other Republican governors are giant wet blankets. OK, just just limp wristed linguini spine luther on these issues. And Ron DeSantis takes them head on. And that is why I can go back to my home state of Iowa and I can talk with any person on the street about two people in Republican Congress. In Republican politics, forgive me. Uh, I can't talk about Kevin McCarthy. Nobody really has an opinion on him. I can talk about Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. I go back to my hometown in Iowa, Solon, Iowa, 500 people big, Solon, Iowa. Actually, more appropriately, like Shoeyville, Iowa, which is like 200 people big. You go back to Shoeyville, Iowa, which is literally a one gas station town, and you go to that gas station, and you go inside that gas station. It still has a VHS rental store in that, that, gas, that, that gas station. You just go in and rent a VHS of Home Alone 2. You walk in there, and you go behind the counter, and you talk to the clerk, and they'll, and they'll say, oh, you're from Florida? What's Ron DeSantis like? What? Do you hear that about the Republican governors of Idaho or Utah or Missouri? No. People care. And it's because of the culture war fight. The culture war fight has actually rocketed. Ron DeSantis up to the very top of people's lexicon. This is what he had to say about destroying the woke in the state of Florida yesterday. Watch. This bizarre but prevalent ideology that permeates these policy measures purports to act in the name of justice for the marginalized, but it frowns upon American institutions. It rejects merit and achievement, and it advocates identity essentialism. We reject this woke ideology. We seek normalcy, not philosophical lunacy. We will not allow reality, facts, and truth to become optional. We will never surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. It's cultural. It's cultural. This is also, of course, what rocketed Donald Trump to the very top of people's lexicons and to the top of their ballots in 2016 and in 2020 when Donald Trump got 75 million votes across the country. Say what you will about that election. That is an insane accomplishment. Presidents don't do that. Barack Obama didn't do that. That's for sure. Presidents that are in office do not win by 15 million more like they don't they don't win 15 million more votes after being in office. Barack Obama's number went down. George Bush's number went down. Bill Clinton's number went down. Donald Trump bucking a trend because he talked about culture war issues, culture war issues. Wild stuff talking about abortion, talking about the wall. Donald Trump talking about, I mean, obviously, like fighting wokeness in school. And again, I'm not trying to stand here for DeSantis. I'm trying to say these are the really good things DeSantis is doing. Here's the really smart policies he's doing. Here's the really smart stuff that Donald Trump's doing. Let's see what happens. If you want to see what happened yesterday, we are going to be releasing a mini doc on sort of the day and what it was like and what's going on. There's a lot of energy around DeSantis. Boy, we were at a ball last night. There's a lot of money around DeSantis too. The guy has like $100 million in the bank. Yo, crazy stuff. 
Is he gearing up to run for president? Do you want to see him run against Donald Trump? Let me know in the comment section. But I will let you know that it was an interesting day yesterday for certain. It certainly was a powerful day. And it was a day that uh, in that created an institute, a DeSantis institution here in the state of Florida. Have a watch. Where are we going? Going to the inauguration of the best governor in America. We think anybody who's dotty. That's yeah. ill-informed. It's and it's so like such a cheap shots too because there's literally a billboard that's like wrong the page that doesn't work. I'm not even. <laughs> Wrecked. He's never coming back from that. You're not coming back from that. He he may he may resign. He he may resign. Have you ever thought of calling people dorks? That's how you do it. And we're in. I just met a security guard. His name's Gordon, and he uh, subscribes on YouTube. Multiple, actually, of these guys subscribe on YouTube, and we're telling me what's up as we were going in. Makes you feel very competent and happy. So anyway, we're ready to rock. Walking in here, kind of what it looks like. Thank you. But fight we must. We embrace our founding creed that our rights are not granted by the courtesy of the state, but are endowed by the hand of the Almighty. We reject this woke ideology. We seek normalcy, not philosophical lunacy. We will not allow reality, facts, and truth to become optional. We will never surrender to the woke mob Florida is where woke goes to die. Okay, so that's just a small, we have some editing to do on that, obviously. That's just a small little snippet of the documentary we'll be producing later today about sort of the behind the scenes. What I can tell you was that there was a ton of energy. There is a lot of energy. There is a playbook being created down here in Florida, and it goes like this, essentially Trump maxing. Trump maxing, that's it. maxing out on the things that made Donald Trump work and then sort of re-engineering them for a different era. And that's what that's what Ron DeSantis is doing. He's taking a piece right out of the Trump playbook, taking a card right out of it, saying, yo, we're going to go in hard on the culture war. We're going to actually use will to power to give the people a voice. And we're going to do something when we get power. We're going to create a better life for people. And it was it's resounding. The results are obviously resounding. Every single county swung more rightward by an order of magnitude here in Florida. And people are very, very happier. I'm certainly very happier, but I'm most importantly happy to see you this morning. I'm most importantly happy to see us fighting this morning. I'm most importantly happy that we show up into the breach. I like this McCarthy fight. I like the fight. For the future of the party, I do not want to roll over and be a chattel left to the slaughter. I do not want this party to be limp and lame and to say, oh, yeah, uh, we'll just ride on the turtle shell of Mitch McConnell directly into destruction. No, we say no. We stand in the gap on this show and we fight. Offense is what we do on The Benny Show. Why? Because we care. 
but also because we have something to fight for, right? God, family, country. We as Republicans, God, family, country. We can say it. The left can't say it. If the left said God, family, country, it's spontaneous combustion. You're not allowed to say it. All the pink hair falls out. Okay. All the pink hair falls out. You'll get, um, you know, goggles, goggles like this, right? Your eyes will start looking like that. If the left has said God, family, country, boom, spontaneous combustion, not allowed. But we can say it and we're going to repeat it. And that's our driving motivator. And so it's very good to see the parties fighting. It's very good to see this. It's healthy. Let the fire burn. The fire rises. It's purifying. I say go in. And let's see what happens today in these new speaker votes. It's going to be a wild one, and we'll keep you updated on all of our social media. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for today. Thank you so much. God bless you. Keep memeing. Keep fighting. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is Benny Show.